Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Mallory Thompson and this is I Talk Too Much, the podcast where I do just that. So this week on the podcast we have a little bit of a throwback episode. This was filmed I believe in March or April with my friend Hannah over the quarantine COVID-19 period and I haven't been able to edit it till now so I decided to throw it up for this week's episode. Beware that some of the information is a little outdated, but I hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Also, just a reminder that this was filmed on Skype, so the audio might be a little weird, but I hope you enjoy anyways. Okay, now on to the podcast. So, hi everybody and welcome back to the podcast my name is Mallory Thompson and this is I talk too much the podcast where I do just that and today I'm joined with my friend Hannah so everybody say hi to Hannah today (laughs) hi everyone (laughs) introduce yourself Um, yeah my name is Hannah I am a writer and very much Instagram user and uh, worked with Mallory at our love of indigo (laughs) Yeah, and Hannah and I actually met at, the way we met is kind of funny, we met at a student theater summer camp. Yeah, years and years ago, and then we um, both got a job at Indigo at a a new store opening up, and on like the launch day, we're like, oh, hey. Like, oh, I remember you from theater camp like 10 years ago. Yeah, it's like, what, like 10 years? I think every single point in my life after, like after elementary school, I just don't remember the exact date, because I can't. I like high school feels like 20 years ago it also feels like two years ago like I have no like conception of time now without the structure of school it's so hard (laughs) it's so hard to like think of the significant moments in your life like how old was I when I when this happened like I always say Mm -hmm. my magic age for everything is 10 so like when something traumatic happened in my life I'm like oh I was 10 then but I I absolutely like 15 (laughs) I was probably 14 or 15 and I have zero because I don't remember the concept of time. I mean, it's I'm pretty in- sure I have three older sisters, and I'm pretty sure they all just, like, still think I'm 12. Like, <laughs> that's, like, the age when, like, anyone asks, like, oh, how old your sister? It's, like, 12. No, she's, like, a child. <laughs> so I wanted to invite Hannah onto the podcast today, because a couple months ago when I was asking people for podcast suggestions, she thought that the conversation around body image and media and social media would be really cool. And since I'm kind of doing this quarantine series, I wanted to ask her a couple things related to the virus, but like happier questions, because I know we all need positivity. So to start off, um, with all the uncertainty in the world right now, how are you keeping positive and like, how are you doing? Well, I'm really lucky. Um, I'm healthy. So is all my friends and my family. Um, so I think just keeping the big picture in mind is super important. Uh, my, I'm actually supposed to be getting married in June. My bridal shower, it was supposed to be Sunday, but obviously that's moved. So um, I keep getting asked, like, oh, like, how are you doing? Are you stressed out? Are you upset? But, but really, that's not important. Uh, the most important thing to me is keeping everyone safe and healthy. Um, so as long as I keep that in mind, then I'm feeling very positive. I totally forgot the fact that you had you were getting married this year too. That yeah. was <laughs> so, supposed to be, yeah, in uh, June. So we'll see how it all goes. Right now, our venue is closed, um, and like I said, our, my bridal shower had to be moved. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to put anyone in danger for me to get married. So we'll just have to see what happens, and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. 
honestly, I don't think anybody expected this. And there's so many people I know who are getting married or thinking of having their wedding this year that are yeah. just, it's like their entire plans have gotten thrown off. And I think that's crazy because I didn't even think about that. Quite a few people have had to like full on cancel their weddings, which I mean, obviously is not, you know, the most important thing, but at the same time, that's, that's emotional and that's a lot of money. Yeah, well. it's like a significant life event that you feel yeah. you're like you've been planning, especially because like of all the planning I know that goes into weddings. The fact that yeah, like this kind of derailed everybody's plans. Like I I know like I say I'm mad about all the concerts getting canceled, but there's people who thought <laughs> like, big life events. I'm just like my third row Nile Horn ticket does not <laughs> matter. Well, that's debatable, but <laughs> yeah, I mean we've been planning our wedding for about a year and a half um, yeah. and we definitely didn't think this would happen um, but at the same time I mean I just keep thinking like what a great story to tell your kids one day that you know you survived this horrible time and managed to get married and blah 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 like it's uh, definitely yeah. have to look at the positive side I can add uh, survived pandemic to my bucket list <laughs> exactly yeah to your resume <laughs> <laughs> to my resume, yeah, survived the pandemic of 2020. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, like, what are you doing to keep busy? Um, I spend all my time on YouTube or trying to <laughs> cast your creative things, but I end up slacking a lot. Yeah, the first couple of days were very much just like The Sims 4 and Netflix. Um, I'm trying to keep more structured the longer we're here because it's no longer feels like, you know, a short term thing. So I try to keep structured. I have a dog to take care of, which definitely helps. Um, he tells me when to wake up and to <laughs> that he needs food um, and to go to the washroom. So that helps. And I'm finishing up a creative writing program with um, my mentor, Marina Endicott, through Humber. So that's given me something, uh, some structure to actually work on, which yeah. definitely helps. And writing in general, it feels incredible to be able to wake up and know that I get to just write and edit all day. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, The Sims, Netflix, YouTube, like that all definitely, definitely works. <laughs> I'm curious what specific pack in The Sims you're playing. I have the Hollywood one, I have the Vampire one, and I have the City Living one, and I've been kind of playing a mixture of all three. Oh, I have two, I spent way too much money on them. Um, the most recent one I bought, I bought the like, I don't know what's called, but like the Aztec -y, um, like vacation mode one where you go to the jungle it's not the island one is it no not the i have the island one <laughs> no uh it's like um so you can get like two vacation ones one of them you go to like uh the cottage or like you go camping and then one of them you go to the jungle so i have both of those and then the most recent big one would be university okay because they're all on one. sale right now so i'm tempted to buy one yeah i well i spent obviously way too much on the sims 4 and, and packs and then recently they made the sims free like the sims 4 like base game free for like a day and i was so mad <laughs> i was like i spent like 60 bucks on that what the heck but they do they do sales quite a bit um, and i always buy things when they're on sale <laughs> yeah i try to um but yeah i have too many of them it's such a waste of money but it's fun I mean, it's not, like, now I think it's not that much of a waste of money because of the fact that, like, we're all inside and playing it anyways, so. That's true. I think mom thinks it's a waste of money every time she sees it on the <laughs> credit card, but, like, honestly, if it's keeping you happy and you're playing it for, like, more than 12 or 13 hours, I think you're getting your money's worth. Like, I say that as a bad thing because I've played it for 10 hours straight, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, some of them are definitely worth it. Like I would say if university's on sale, that was a great pack. Um, there are some though that I've bought and just been like, come on, (laughs) like I spent $12 on you and it's like, you get a new hat. (laughs) I really enjoyed the Hollywood one because I wanted to make my sim an influencer and she like gains followers and then she started like dating the movie star and I was just like, what is going on? This is my life now. There's also those like mods that you can download that are like unofficial. Um, And I downloaded a couple and there's like one where you can like, like smoke cigarettes and like all these like (laughs) bad things. And I just felt, I felt weird. I had to delete them because I was like, no, this is too much of a wholesome game to have like all these weird mods on there. I started like cheating. So I added all these, um, I've never used cheats before. The only one I ever used was like the mother load cheat. And if you play the Sims, for anyone listening, um, the mother load cheat basically gives you money. So you don't have to like fend for yourself. And I started modding them. So they would have certain traits. So like one of them can, get careers faster because of the fact that I added this one trait or the other one like can date everybody because nobody gets jealous when they flirt and I was just like this is so funny yeah it's almost never ending that game and it's great because like there's no goal you just kind of like make your own goals and like can play it wherever so like I mean definitely a sims fan I think it's fun when I make Sims and then I get bored of the storyline and then jump to like another Sim I created and then the Sims start to intermingle and I see the ones that I've created with like base ones from the game or ones that I've other like I've created for other certain types and Mm -hmm. have you ever tried though to play without like a mother load cheat or without adding money? I've tried but I I used to cheat all the time and then my fiance was like oh like that's cheating you shouldn't do that you should like try to play and I was like to like prove him wrong I guess like I can do this um I tried a few different ones um yeah. and it's a struggle like it's like being a real adult it's a struggle out there um, a- yeah I did the the hundred baby challenge recently oh I didn't finish God. it but part of oh. that is like you're not supposed to obviously cheat for money and like so you have this sim that has 30 children <laughs> no money it's uh it's struggle honestly sure. sims is so fun like did you ever play like the the versions before like i i started with sims 2 double deluxe with it which is the nightlife vampire oh, yeah. and then i moved to sims 3 and then for some reason i didn't get any packs from sims 3 and then i just moved to sims 4 i started with the og like sims 1 because mm-hmm. uh, my sister who was always interested in like architecture and that kind of stuff she usually works in kind of like uh, well, she did work for a while in, like, interior design. Um, so when I was really young, I had that original one where, like, the goth family was, like, yeah, know, very original, like, all that stuff. Um, and then started getting into it. And yeah, I I had Sims 2, I think, like, teen stuff or something like that. Yeah. And then I had Sims 3, um, like, pets, which was way better than um, – now, now I have, like, the cats and dogs one for Sims 4, but the Sims yeah. 3 pets, you could have horses, you could have, like – I remember that. They don't, yeah. they don't have that now. They should have horses. Like, that was – I literally thought that's what they were going to do, and, like, I there was, like, a way, I know, in the original game where you could have, like, raccoons. I don't know if you can you do that. Raccoons now, yeah. You can do raccoons and foxes, and that's it. Like, cats, <laughs> dogs. And then you can get, like – they have like my first pet, which apparently isn't very good. I don't have that one, but you can have like a hamster. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, I miss like being able to have like horses and like all these like wild 
crazy animals. I feel like it could have been really cool to have like equestrian sims and like have people who like love to like be able to have like the sims children as like equestrian champions. That's actually a really good idea. Sims people, if you're listening, make Please make an equestrian equestrian. <laughs> Honestly, I was I don't know if this was just me when I was younger. I loved like horse games or anything about barns and stuff like that. And I used to like play all these random horse games on the internet. Were you a were you a horse girl growing up? No. <laughs> the funniest <laughs> thing about it is like I went to I think one equestrian camp when I was younger at like one of the barns that's like in the Halton region. <laughs> And I just, I was never like a horse girl, but I loved horses and I was just like obsessed. So I would always play like these really fun horse games. Yeah. I was a horse girl by like association because my sister um, still rides horses, but she like had horses and competed and stuff. And oh, I and, love that. Uh, uh, we had at my parents' house uh, there in the country and we had a few horses in the backyard. So it was great <laughs> because then I could like play with them and pet them, but not actually muck any stalls or anything. <laughs> that's so fun honestly yeah. though i just i don't even know what piqued my interest in horse games but i just like loved any game where you could like take care of horses on like a, like a just like a random video game <laughs> i recently found all those old like um you know those old barbie games like and yeah. <laughs> um, they have there's like this one website where they they accumulated all of them um where you can go and there's these poly pocket website games or um my scene if you remember them oh my god my scene like makeovers yeah it was so nostalgic <laughs> i loved it <laughs> that's so what i'm doing I, in quarantine <laughs> that like jumps to another um, thing are there any activities that you've reintroduced since having the time to do so activities but definitely i have more time to read which is yeah. amazing um and just things like organizing my closet and beauty products and cleaning which like isn't a fun activity but it's something that I said I would do for months and now have no excuse to do um I think I might try to hook up my Wii (laughs) so I can play some Mario Kart at some point um nothing like creative or like cool to do um mainly just because I'm not great at that stuff (laughs) like DIY stuff I'm not I'm not that type of person at all because I know you're also into TikTok. Have you seen the whole like tie-dye trend or bleach trend? People are trying to bleach literally everything they own. Yeah, I would probably damage like something or <laughs> myself if I tried to do that. Um, I like have tried to like dye my hair before personally, yeah. like and that kind of stuff. And it just always ends up with either like a huge mess or yeah. like I burn myself <laughs> or something like These that. These 15-year-olds on TikTok make it too easy. <laughs> Yeah, TikTok also just isn't like something that sucks my day so much. Like, it's so much fun and like being like I'm not older, like I'm 25, but even yeah. then, not being like 17 on it, it's so fascinating. I yeah. find like seeing what the young children get up to and like what they're into and like all this stuff. Yeah. Um, is there like this whole crush that people have on Adam Driver? <laughs> I find so fascinating because I remember him like my introduction to him was girls. Yeah. Where he was like, Oh my God, I remember him on that. Yeah. That was my first introduction to Adam Driver. And he, like, no, like, I didn't like him in that. And then now, because of Kylo Ren, everyone's like, you know, thirsty for Adam Driver. And I'm like, No, I can't. Like, he just was so mean to Hannah. Like, I can't. (laughs) I remember him on Girls because I was in, this is funny, I was in an American television class in university where we had to watch random shows just like that had been popular or just shows that had just like made 
an impact in in television. I remember we had to watch Girls, and I hated his character, and I thought he was just, like, an asshole. And then I saw him in Star Wars, and I was like, wow, like, I really appreciate the sexual tension between Rey and Kylo Ren. (laughs) And when they finally, like, spoiler alert to anyone who watches Star Wars, when they finally kiss at the end, I was... I was like, this made my whole day. That's cute. See, I don't, I don't feel any type of way. Like, I think I'm sure he's a nice guy, um, but he just like to me, like, there's no kind of attraction. <laughs> he's just, he is the, you know, the asshole from from girls who was into some yeah. really weird stuff. <laughs> I feel like it's funny because right after I would watch Star Wars, because my dad's a huge Star Wars fan. Um, people write fan fiction about him which I think is so funny and back when I used to write fan fiction like I never would write about movie stars I'd always write about like singers or like internet famous mm-hmm. people but there's like random fiction like fan fiction about Adam Driver as like Kyle Ren <laughs> that people Kyle Ren. I think it's great I find fan fiction so fascinating I um when I like first started getting into writing and didn't yeah. know what I was doing, um, actually, actually something I've done over quarantine is pull out my old laptop and look at like some of my old stuff, which is hilarious. And um, and one of like my first kind of projects was, of course, when Twilight was a huge yeah. thing, and I was a big Twilight girl, <laughs> Team Edward, like still to this day. Um, and my first kind of like novel, quote unquote, yeah. was basically gossip girl slash twilight and I like at the time that. i was like oh i'm so creative like blah 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 and then looking back i'm like this is plagiarism like this is not <laughs> like it was it was literally fan fiction um before like i knew what fan fiction was of yeah. like edward cullen and like a girl that looked like me <laughs> i love that for you <laughs> it was so fun it was fun to reread too because i was like there were some points where it was like oh this is kind of cool this is actually good and then some points where i was like just cringing hard <laughs> Are you a fan of the Marvel movies at all? I'm a little bit. My fiance is a huge um, Marvel fan. I'm more DC, but so I do are, I do see them. So in Captain America, Sebastian Stan, he's from Gossip Girl. Who is he in Gossip Girl? He's that guy that Serena dates who's just like a piece of shit from like Carter Basin. Oh my god. That's, <laughs> that's wild. People keep throwing these two together and I think it's so funny because nobody realizes he's Carter Basin and then they start watching Gossip Girl and they're like it's Bucky from Captain America <laughs> no you're Bucky I love seeing that though like I rewatched The Office recently yeah. and so many people were on that before they're famous like Evan Peters was on there for an episode really? <laughs> yeah he played Michael's uh, nephew oh my God. Um, Amy and Adams was on there up. like it's wild yeah there's some it's interesting to see who got their start on what show Mm-hmm. definitely well I know we kind of wanted to talk about like self-confidence and social media because I'm very vocal on social media about like how I feel and how things affect me um when it comes to social media what is your approach to posting and feeling confident what, what would you uh, say? I think I've I mean when I when social media became a thing I was I think I want to say grade eight or nine yep. and I think my approach to social media has changed a lot as I've gotten older. Um, I used to post a lot more like bikini pics um, and like pictures where I like felt really hot or sexy or whatever. Yeah. And definitely not so much for attention, but I definitely felt empowered by that attention. Um, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think, you know, if you feel good about yourself and you're posting it and you post a cute selfie and you got, 
you know, positive reaction and that makes you feel confident. I don't think that's a bad thing, but that shouldn't be your main kind of outlet for that. Um, For sure. I think as I've gotten older, I definitely am choosier about who I follow, especially um, I think if you're following just like, you know, Kylie Jenner or, you know, the people from your high school that, you know, act like their life is perfect. Yeah. They can get to you. And you can feel like kind of like you're not living up or you're not keeping up with them. Um, So I'm very choosy about who I follow now. I don't show as much as I used to when it comes to my body. Um, But I think that just comes with a maturity kind of level. It does. Um, But I would say like, I don't find social media to be this, you know, big dragon of negativity that a lot of people think it is and I think a lot of older people think it is I think they can be for sure there can definitely be depending on how you use it it can definitely lower your Mm self-esteem but at the same time I think it can be really empowering um I hate facetune I hate anyone who who like retouches their photos or does airbrush I know some of them and it just I you know feel really bad for any girls who are in grade eight or grade nine going on to social media right now. And when I was first going on, we didn't have the same like Instagram model kind of thing. It wasn't a thing. People were just posting pictures of their dogs. Like it was just not a thing. Like really badly edited, like selfies from like photos. With like filters, those like sepia filters. Like, yeah, I love sepia. Yeah. My first few photos were like the horse in my backyard. Like there was nothing about like my aesthetic. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's why, like, when I would post, like, bikini photos or whatever, it it felt different than I think now it does. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the beginning, it was more of just, like, you just have your friends on social media. Yeah. And you would post cute photos and you'd feel good when people liked them. Or if the boy in your class liked you liked your photo, you'd feel really good about yourself. you feel like a um, rush whenever that happened. Like, I look back on yeah. it now thinking it's so dumb. But, oh, like, yeah. when the guy I had a crush on liked my selfie, I was like, wow, like, that's so validating. And then I look back at that now being like, why did I think that? Yeah, for sure. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think it comes with the maturity of as you grow up, you realize what's important and what isn't and what you want yeah. to show. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with girls, especially mm-hmm. uh, posting selfies or whatever. I get really irritated when people say like that it's um, selfish or it's, you know, whatever. Um, yeah too much self-esteem or whatever when you're posting selfies or cute photos because it's it's a validating thing to say hey I look cute I feel cute look at how cute this is yeah <laughs> and get a reaction I think there's nothing wrong with that um but at the same time be picky about who you're following and who you're filling your feed with <clears throat> Yeah, honestly, I I feel that I remember my first kind of approach to Instagram back before I kind of had a following was just kind of post whatever I want. And I think once I realized that I was starting to get followers and I was kind of motivated by that, I think that it kind of changed my perception of social media. And then I started kind of posting because I was like, wow, like these other girls are posting things Mm -hmm. and they're getting 500 likes. Like, why am I not getting 500 likes? Like, we have this of followers I just got so mad I remember when my followers were just like dead as you call them like when they're not getting activity and I saw my activity increase and I was just like okay this is like what people want 
And then I started realizing that after university, a lot of people started unfollowing me, which I was just really upset with, I think, at the time. Mm -hmm. Because I was just like, well, these people like liked all my photos and they were engaging and they looked like they cared about me. But then the second we distanced ourselves from university, they all unfollowed. And it Weird. used to really un like affect me when people I personally knew used to unfollow me. Mm -hmm. But then I realized, like, why am I why am I affected by that and why am I letting that bother me because if you if people who want to follow me follow me that's all that should matter I think mm -hmm. and the fact that I was letting it kind of take over my life and being like wow this person unfollowed me like what does that say about our friendship or what does that say about how we interact I think it's changed the way people interact with each other and also made people feel like oh I don't really want to follow this person because all they post is selfies but like everybody posts different stuff and I feel like mm -hmm. it's interesting to look back at that and think of like why did I spend so much time thinking about the people who unfollowed me and didn't just like post for myself yeah for sure I mean it's um the great thing about social media is you can customize it for yourself for sure. and I think definitely that's really true of not taking it personally if you don't have as many followers as someone if you know maybe you have a friend who doesn't interact with your Instagram as much as someone else's or whatever might be your insecurity. Um, just remembering that their interaction with social media is different than yours and you can't take anything personally when it comes to social media. Um, you know, if you're posting what you want and some people don't like it, that's fine because it's for you. Yeah. Um, my social media isn't necessarily for anyone else. It's a collection of my memories and my feed and what makes me feel good. Yeah. And I think definitely keeping that in mind, keeping that in mind is important um, because I do know people who, who their entire world is social media, yeah. who take it super, super seriously, who let it define their mood or their emotions or how they feel about themselves. And that definitely is just a slippery slope that I think many, especially girls, I think many teen girls fall into it. Um, I definitely I have where you go into a hole of, you know, this is your entire life. Mm -hmm. um, but just keeping perspective of, you know, this really doesn't matter. <laughs> the secret the secret to social media is it doesn't matter. It's not real. Everything, I mean, I hate that it's a collection of your best moments um, a lot of the times because, yeah. especially Instagram, you know, you're not going to post anything that's, you know, unattractive or shows you know, if you're going through a hard time or mm -hmm. what your life really is, or maybe you will, but I don't think many people do. No. And that's why I say like, you know, following people from your old high school who, who you think you're not keeping up with, maybe they're getting married or they have kids or they have this great career, blah, blah, blah. The reality of their actual life is probably very different. Um, you know, the reality of even Kylie Jenner's life, I'm sure is very different than what we see on Instagram. Um, yeah. And so just keep that in mind and take everything with a grain of salt. You know, it can be fun, but just take it seriously. I want to open up a question that I know. So Hannah and I kind of prepared our answers a little bit for this <laughs> so we could structure our conversation. But I kind of want to throw something out there. Mm -hmm. When Instagram removed likes, I became a lot happier with how the platform functioned. Definitely. And I wanted to know what your thoughts were about that. Absolutely. Um, I... 100% agree. I think it was a great idea for them to do because it took away a competitiveness yeah, to the platform. 
Um, I think, I mean, people I'm sure will still be competitive about how many followers they have, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But it, it took away that feeling of, I have less likes on this photo of me in a bikini than this other girl has. Yeah. Or uh, my followers are less interactive or it just makes it less public, which I, I like. Um, I think that's, I think it's a great idea of what they did. And some people might say like, oh, it's, you know, snowflakes these days are too millennials and gen yeah. um, Zs or whatever are too sensitive. Well, but it's, it's more of we're going into a new territory that we haven't been before when it comes mm-hmm. to mental health and social media and, you know, body positivity and whatever else we've never really, you know, had this before um, to the degree that we do today. I actually, the funny thing about this is I had an opportunity to go to the Facebook head office right before they made the change. Mm -hmm. And it was pitched to them as a question like, oh, like, why are you taking likes away for Canada? Like, I don't see as a business perspective, like a lot of people were getting mad because from a business setting, it's interesting. But they basically said, like, Canada is a good test market for this. And we want to see if the content can speak for itself. And if that, if having likes will make people like content more or not like content as much and I think it's just a really good way to like let people's content speak for itself without hey this got 300 likes Mm -hmm. I understand like all of the engagement went down and it really caused people to kind of think about what they're liking but I think in terms of like how content is looked at now I think it's made a huge difference especially in my opinion or in my history of it that's a good that's a really good point of um you know, your engagement with social media should be what you want to support and what you genuinely like. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm very picky about who I follow. Um, and so I actually find myself when I go through Instagram just randomly liking stuff. I don't know why, but it's just, I guess, like a natural reaction, I guess, to the platform. Yeah. But when you're putting stuff out on social media, you're sort of, I guess, putting out your personality or your, I mean, I guess, however you use it, but you're, you're showcasing yourself and for sure your interaction with that should be genuine. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. I think this segues perfect into our next question. <laughs> um, have you ever opened up about something personal through a social media post? If not, would you be comfortable doing so? I've done it a few times. Um, the first time I did it, I was on vacation with uh, my fiance and I just like took some photos by the beach. Um, and I felt really good about how I looked. I, you know, obviously, so I, a little backstory. So like I'm five foot 10, never been a petite girl. Um, I, however, come from an acting background. I was a professional actor for about five years and that put a lot of pressure on me to look a certain way and to be obsessive about my body and looking a certain way. And when I kind of started to get away from that, I put on some weight, which I kind of actually love. (laughs) I feel better about myself now being whatever, 30, 40 pounds heavier than I was when I was professional actor. Um, and when I started taking photos like of my kind of new body with new curves, I just found like I really loved it and I posted about um, just 
how much I hated my body before, even when I was at my skinniest. Um, And that was kind of the first time I ever was honest with Instagram about the fact that, you know, I'd post all these cute little photos and, you know, skimpy outfits or in whatever when I was like um, my thinnest or um, by my pool or whatever and like not acknowledge the fact that I also just like hated my body. Um, And so that was the first time I was really honest about it. And then I, a few years later, was looking through my old photos and I found a photo of myself when I was, I want to say, 18 um, at a friend's house. And I remember the exact day this photo was taken and I just looked scary skinny, like scary, scary skinny, like toothpick arms. Like, and at the time I thought I was really overweight at the time. I hated my body. Um, and I remember taking the photo and just being so proud that like I looked skinny in it. And this photo was like, I looked good and I posted it or whatever. And I looked back and I, I paired it with a photo of myself now and how much healthier I look, but also uh, what a better relationship I have with my body, having some some more meat on my bones. <laughs> like, you know, if when I was thinner, I felt like I felt worse about my body than I do now when mm-hmm. I'm curvier, which is absolutely wild to me and great in its own way. Yeah. But that's kind of where I started to kind of open up about my own insecurities and my past and how I am now which is great but I mean at the same time there are a lot of things I don't share on social media just because for myself I can't um you know I was looking through my my Instagram feed a little while ago and uh my second year university was like hell for me I had a total mental breakdown my anxiety and my panic disorder got really really bad it was just horrible um, but you would never know it if you looked at my photos. I was posting photos at parties and with my boyfriend, with my friends, like looking cute, like whatever. You and can never tell, yeah. I, you can never tell. And on any given day, I could be going through shit and post a cute photo of my dog <laughs> and act like my life is amazing. And um, while I think it's important to be really genuine on Instagram and, and I will be very honest about how I feel in my body or in my life or whatever, there are certain things I don't think that everyone should be honest about or should post about. Yeah. It's not healthy. You don't want to put yourself through trauma just to, um, I guess, try to be genuine. You want to be as genuine as you can without hurting yourself to a certain degree. You know, you can, you can also post a photo of yourself, um, you know, feeling great in a pair of jeans, even if five times that night you had a panic attack about how your butt looked. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can still try to project positivity without um, putting your trauma out there, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, I 100% get that. I've seen a couple things. I Billie Eilish actually said this in an interview and I, I always think about it. She's like, if you're sad, don't post it on social media. Don't mm-hmm. give people a reason to bring you down or give them a reason to just like open inside your whole head because I feel like Mm -hmm. nobody on social media even like your friends and stuff deserves to see like your whole self and I think keeping a lot of yourself private is a really good thing I remember there's a photo I look back on it now because I remember the exact day 
I was going to the Ed Sheeran concert with my mom and her friend. And for the entire day, I was stressing because I wanted a really good photo on Instagram. And I used to be really, really stressed about what I would wear in photos and if I was wearing the same pants or if I'd worn the same top. And I put an outfit on that I'd worn probably four months prior and I looked completely different. And Mm -hmm. I was sobbing over it because I was like, why don't I look the same? Like, why don't I look pretty? And I just remember it like tearing me apart. And I put on another outfit and I just like forced myself to like get out of that like crying state. Mm -hmm. But like when you look at the photo on Instagram, I look so happy to be at this concert. But you don't see the fact that I cried for an hour and a half trying to pick out my outfit because I didn't think I looked pretty enough. And Mm -hmm. I think it opens up a really interesting discussion about like how you never know the entire story about something, but I don't think you always should. And yeah, I agree. Sense like people will be like, "Oh my god, you look so pretty," or "Oh my god, you look great." Like, why are you doing that? Like, I understand that's a really good way to comfort people, but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily help the situation? If that makes sense. No, for sure, and I think it's it's an interesting kind of walk of. How much, how honest are you about your life? Because um, you also don't want to, you know, whitewash everything or put a filter on it. Sure. You want to be honest about how you're doing um, to a certain degree, but there are certain things you want to keep private. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a lot more private now than I than I used to be. Same here. Um, and I think that's just a protection thing of, you know, especially as you get more followers not everything is for everyone. Not everything is even for, for my parents or for, you know, my family and my friends. There are certain things going on that need to just be for yourself. Um, you know, I'm someone who like in my own relationship, if my fiance and I have a fight or something, I don't go and call someone or I don't talk to someone else about it. Um, whereas I know, I know people that do, the first thing they do is they message me and like, Oh, can't believe what this person said or whatever. Yeah. But that's, I mean, obviously, if that's your outlet, that's one thing. But, you know, you also want to maintain a certain amount of privacy within yourself and your relationship. Um, as long as it's healthy, obviously. If, you know, your relationship's not healthy, then, yeah, talk to someone. But um, but then the thing is, everyone's going to remember that one instance without seeing the full story or without seeing that, you know, you guys made up or you know, that you did pull yourself together and that's the main takeaway, you know, and, and you can be honest about it if it's healthy or if, you know, that's going to propel you forward. But if mm-hmm. it's going to be a constant reminder of your trauma or your issues, um, it's going to hold you back. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. Yeah, for sure. I remember in second year, I, that was like my worst year, I think of university, I almost dropped out. And it was when my grandfather passed away and he'd passed away right at the end of my first year. And I remember having to go into second year as like a leader in residence and I just like couldn't pull myself together. But there was a campaign I was a part of for Bell Let's Talk Day about like opening up about your trauma. And they were expecting me to write this like long winded article about this is me and my trauma and this is how I'm okay with it now. And I remember writing it and then just seeing like all the answers pour in, like not answers, but like messages pour in from people being like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for your loss. Like you're so strong. And then I just like wanted to like, they, I say this really lightly, like, I wanted to die. I was like, literally, I didn't want these people saying, oh my God, like you're so strong or this is great. 
because I felt like I'd crossed a line with how much I'd opened up. And I felt like once you take a step over that line, it's really hard to come back from that. And people almost expect you to continue to be open with that. And I think ever since that article was released and I realized that I'd actually pushed myself too far in a sense. Yeah. Like way too much of my life and my personal trauma. Mm -hmm. I think I realized that you have to keep stuff personal and especially with me because I'm very public and open on social media. I think if you're not keeping a part of your life as personal and as away from social media, I think it just hurts you in the long run. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, for sure. Because there are certain things that I think, like I said, are, are healthy to tell people yeah. and not even just the public, like social media to talk to anyone about there are certain things that that just need that you need to work through at least first. Yeah. Um. That's one of the reasons why, like, I didn't share a lot of my. I mean, I'm very honest about like my anxiety issues. I'm diagnosed with journal anxiety, social anxiety, and a panic disorder, which yeah. is a lot. But and I'm I'm honest about that. But at the same time, I'm not going to talk to anyone about the day to day kind of things that I have to do for myself. Um. Yeah. And there's very few people that I will talk to about um, my panic attacks or my, like, specific issues because that's personal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go on social media and, you know, talk about my fear of this or my whatever because it's just too much. And it's it's putting yourself through too much. Yeah, for sure. And as much as, you know, social media should be honest, for me, it should also be positive. Um, you should want to learn and grow through it, but it's an escape in some ways. Um, and it's, it it should be a safe space. It should be a positive space. Um, I appreciate you feeling comfortable (laughs) to open up on this podcast. (laughs) That's probably terrifying. Um, do you have any advice for people starting social media based on like what you know now that you would say to make someone who's young and maybe who wants to post that bikini pic and they're just thinking of like, Hey, maybe I look, I want to look sexy or I want to just put this on social media, but like, like what's your advice around that? Knowing what you know now about everything. Um, I would say for, for a teen girl starting on social media, I'd say the exact same thing I'd say for someone going into high school, which is that in five years this will not matter um everything's going to seem like a big deal um just like you know your crush liking you back or or you know who you're friends with feels like the end of the world in grade 10 it really doesn't matter at all like as soon as you're out of high school you realize how stupid it all was and how much how what a little world that was the same way of social media it feels like a little world sometimes but in your day-to-day life it actually will not matter. Um, you're going to look back and think how silly it was. I think, um, like I said, be very aware of who you're following and who you're giving your attention to. Yeah. Um, you don't need to follow someone just because everyone else is. You don't need to follow someone just because they follow you back. If there's someone from your high school that, you know, maybe bullied you or, or, you know, isn't going to add to your life, you do not need to follow them. Um, you know, I personally would much rather follow Iskra Lawrence or Laura Brioski than Kylie Jenner. Um, yeah. I know I bring her up a lot and I have nothing against Kylie Jenner. She's just kind of my example of 
that kind of <laughs> no she's definitely an example because everybody knows her and everybody knows her persona I definitely I think I need to take your advice as well because <laughs> as I was thinking about what you were saying this guy who like harshly bullied me mm-hmm. follows me on Instagram and likes all of my stuff and he's dm'd me a couple times and I think it's so interesting how I just like let him kind of into my life because I wanted yeah. to see how much he'd changed and I think it says a lot about the fact that I let this like dude who like made my life a living hell just like yeah. follow me and see my life and I think after this conversation I might have to unfollow him you should well it's <laughs> it's it's true it's like you know sure. you're I mean there's nothing you can do about him following you unless you want it to be private or whatever but yeah and that's you know what the fact that he's like these people that you know if they made your life hell are now subscribing to you and liking all your stuff and whatever is kind of hilarious I think but at so. the same time you don't have to give your attention to that like I say the same thing to like teen girls who you know if if a guy comes up to you and, and tells a sexist joke you don't have to give your attention to that if they yeah. call you if they you know say something that makes you uncomfortable like you don't have to give your attention to everyone um even if if your own friends like if you have toxic friends if you have toxic family members you know you don't have to spend time with them if i mean it's different if you're live with them obviously but (laughs) but you know you you can be choosy about who gets your attention because your attention is worth something um it's worth a lot um the entire media and capitalism Puts a lot of money into getting your attention, especially as a girl. It's an attention economy. There's a a whole marketplace based around what you need to be quote unquote pretty. You know, think of the amount of money that Sephora would lose, um, you know, if we all just decided that we don't need a $50 foundation <laughs> um nothing against makeup I love makeup but but so. you know what I mean like just time for everything yeah and it should be if you want you know it, I I choose my days when I want to wear makeup I choose my days where I want to um you know do my hair do my whatever um and I think that's really important you shouldn't like everything is based around your insecurities as a girl it literally is it like, really is. They're made to sell like, oh, you want that bang and bod so he'll yeah. notice you or things like, oh, you should eat better because then you'll look better for this and like you'll yeah. fit into this. And I'm just like, why does that matter? For sure. Um, and if it that matters to you, like there's some people that genuinely like really love working out and yeah. that's great. And I think to be a certain degree to be healthy, sure. I work out to be healthy and to clear my mind and to whatever. I don't like working out. That's not nope. something I enjoy. Um, I don't, you know, I feel no accomplishment other than sweating a little bit and then feeling a little bit healthier. Yeah. Um, but just not giving your attention away freely and what you care about freely is something that I've learned a lot um, over the years. And mm-hmm. I would say that to like a teenage girl is, you know, you don't have to care as much about toxic people about you know about like sorry what you look like yeah what you look like but also who you like specifically on Instagram you know if there's someone who doesn't make you feel great you don't have to subscribe to them no you can subscribe to people that uplift you um and and you know also don't be afraid to post that bikini pic even if you don't feel like you look like you know a kardashian or 
whatever <laughs> whoever the kids <laughs> you look like yourself yeah you look like yourself and that's amazing and if you feel good in that photo don't post it if it's gonna like you know make you feel shitty obviously but if, if it's gonna make you feel good, how many people like it or whatever just do it like go ahead and post it like you don't have to to subscribe to a certain way of doing things um which is something that I think when I was first starting out, didn't really realize, and especially being a young girl. I remember um, being in science class and laughing at the boys' jokes that were sexist or whatever because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. And I thought that, you know, that would make me attractive or or not like the other girls or whatever. And looking back, I'm like, that's so stupid. Like, I why did I care? <laughs> yeah, why did I care and why did I, I subscribe to that of, you know, my main goal being um, wanted, I guess, would be, yeah. that's right, which I think a lot of people use Instagram for, for sure. um, is to be wanted, but it really does not matter at all in the grand scheme. Um, and the older you get, you realize that, that like high school, like elementary school, like university, as soon as you're out of it, you don't care. You don't care at all. <laughs> so I think... I think that's the perfect way to end our discussion for for our podcast. I want to have a deeper discussion with you probably after the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for being a part of this. I wanted to give you the opportunity to plug your social media or anything (laughs) you want to. So this is your time to shine. Go for it. (laughs) I mean, if you if you feel so inclined, um, I would like to hear more or or connect with me my instagram handle is hannah h-a-n-n-a-h underscore grieve g-r-i-e-v-e and that's my main kind of social media thing i won't subscribe my tiktok because i don't really tiktok other than some cute photos of dogs but (laughs) if you do feel like you want to connect with me um that is the best space to do it thank you i will leave all of hannah's information um in the description of this podcast so if you want to follow her and subscribe to her life and give her your attention then (laughs) you have the place to do so but I wanted to thank you for uh opening up in this podcast and sharing some stuff with me I think it's going to be really beneficial to a lot of people who hear it and I applaud you for your courage to share (laughs) oh thank you okay Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. I can't believe it. This is officially the eighth episode of the podcast. That sounds honestly insane to me. I know I've said this several times in the past, but I am so excited to release new episodes soon. I have a lot of ideas coming and I can't wait to share them all with you. If you have any questions about this week's episode or want to give me your thoughts, I'm always an Instagram DM away at M-V-L-L-O-R-Y or on the podcast Instagram at TalkTooMuchPod. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, also DM me on Instagram. Hope you have a great day, everyone, and see you next time. Bye!